I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One, two, three. He's okay. <laughs> they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and... Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. He is radioactive. This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Si, senor! We're in a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, Wednesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Mike Pompeo, secret envoy to North Korea. He actually met with old fathead, man to man. That's something. Our CIA director met with the, the least known world leader. 
on the planet. The king of the hermit kingdom. Joining only Dennis Rodman as an American who has any relationship mm. with him. The big two, Rodman and Pompeo. He yeah. is also, of course, Jack, the uh, Secretary of State designate. And may not make it, depending on how uh, who you ask, in terms of being confirmed. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Washington Post says it's unlikely. What? Nah, I don't believe it. Well, he's. it looks like he's almost certainly not going to get the recommendation out of the committee, which hasn't happened in a hundred years. I'm where, shocked by that. Where somebody didn't get the recommendation out of the committee and then went on to get confirmed. That hasn't happened in a century. I'm actually really surprised, given the guy's uh, experience. I want to hear why. Why? Why? Um. Well, he's uh, pro-life was one senator's complaint. Oh, God. Right. As Secretary of State. Yeah, right. Um, I give up. What country on earth would like me as a citizen? People like, Please send your application to mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. People like Rand Paul uh, don't like his role in the enhanced interrogations following 9-11. Torture, if you're on that side of the argument. Mm-hmm. So people like Rand Paul oppose him for that reason. So mm. there's a number. Anyway, uh, other stuff. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, like uh, there, Michael? I'm doing good, but I just had, um, I was running around, you know, prepping for the show and ran into the men's restroom. Um, so I'm running around, just want to wash my hands, go to use the paper towels, and I hate this feeling. I'm sure we've all had this. You go to pull the paper towel, but they're in there so tight that they just rip in your hand. Oh, yeah. And it's just, I don't know why it just bothered me. It's like I died a little, you know, it was just. Looking. I know though, though, that sort of thing. Just well, why did you jam them so tight? You can't get them out. What, what do you, what do you, what are you hoping will do? Or you what know, do you think's going to happen? I'm sorry to hear you complaining about that, Michael, on the one year anniversary of the last time there was soap in the dispenser That's true. <laughs> there in the, in the stall. <laughs> <sighs> also the, the toilet paper rolls. They have them jammed together so they can't turn. Right. right. How, right. how are you supposed to get toilet paper off One there? inch at a time. I would yeah. like to bring in the guy who designed that and say, show me. You go ahead. Go ahead. Show me how you get p- toilet paper off there. No, you designed it. How you would it say, work? I go retired ahead, seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. Shut up, old man. <laughs> Pull the toilet paper. There is a positive Sean whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Shout out to listener Ruth T., who, uh, responding to my action that I broke my butter dish several months ago, and uh, and I guess because I also put <laughs> together cow clips of the week, mm. she sent me this cow glass oh, butter wow. dish. That's a that, classic. Uh, that's this, fantastic. That's nice. This thing was wrapped like she was shipping a Van Gogh painting. Like it, it took it took many straight edges and razor blades and flamethrowers to get through the packaging. But once seeing the the gorgeousness of said. You know, cow butter dish. Uh, I understand why, and I'm I'm grateful for it. And my butter will be in this starting today. That's fantastic. Um, that is a spectacular gift. I'll put some pictures up on it on the website too yeah. for those who want to yeah. know what a cow glass butter dish looks like. I actually uh, have seen a number of those in my life. They're very popular in certain parts of the country. Um, it's very old timey. You 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 combine that with your wolf blanket, you got quite a look going in your house. I, I'm practically on a farm. <laughs> yeah, you really are. Very outdoorsy. For a guy who cherishes the indoors. I've even got like one of those birds that like perpetually dips its beak into the water and stands up. Oh, like just another sort just, of wildlife thing in my domicile. Just got one for the kids a couple weeks ago. We, <laughs> love, we love that thing. It's a classic. Oh, yeah. Never gets old. Um, you got the wolf blanket, the bobbin bird, and the cow butter dish. Yeah. 
You think that uh, says outdoorsy? I say it says mental patient. <laughs> you know, whatever. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I don't know, man. I hope I can get through the celebrity birthdays. My teeth are chattering. I think I saw my breath in here a little while ago. It's this, chilly. This is cold, yeah. cold, cold. I was getting a little hot myself. Celebrity birthdays today include one Conan O'Brien who hits 55. Conan O'Brien's 55. I would not have guessed. Net worth $85 million. Conan is making $12 million a year on TBS. Not doing too badly. And we have a superhero's birthday today. One who turns 80. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Who turns 80 today, as I mentioned earlier. Superman's net worth. Now, I did a lot of digging. I googled this. Superman's net worth, everybody has decided it is unlimited wealth. He creates his own diamonds if need be. He doesn't really care about money. His alter ego, though, Clark Kent, they figured out his worth. They include assets like his Manhattan apartment, his reporter's salary, and his projected Kent family farm inheritance hmm. would have a total non-liquid net worth of approximately $2 million. Really? I, I don't yeah. believe that. I, I, in today's modern newsroom culture, the guy who constantly just disappears for extended bread, like there's no way he's still employed in a newsroom today. He's he wasn't top, that good of a reporter. He's Oh, he's a top investigative reporter, according to his bio. Right, he's off working his, his sources, Sean. Sure, when he's fighting crime. <laughs> yes. Plus, you know, he's got a lot of good sources because he can, you know, tear their head off with his bare hands. So is Lois Lane into him for his looks, or because she it's knows the family he's, money? She knows the he's farm. worth two yeah. million dollars. Yeah, got the farm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he can make his own diamonds, so he just comes up to her with one the size of baseball. Here, love you, baby. Mean it. <laughs> She's pretty hot, Lois Lane. Oh, cutie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't know how good of a reporter she is. She never put the whole glasses to take it off. That's you Superman, Clark yeah. Kent thing. I don't. Not a, not a difficult one to figure out. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, April 18th, the year 2018. We are setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Oh, here we go now. Officially, according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. Find the joy in life. Because as Ferris Bueller said on his day off... <laughs> Life moves pretty fast, and you don't stop and look around once in a while, you're going to miss it. There you go. Barbara Bush, who died yesterday. Uh, What are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, diplomatic bombshell involving North Korea, terror in the sky, and remembering the former First Lady, Barbara Bush. Coming up, minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Yeah, somebody got sucked out the window of a Southwest flight. You hate to get sucked out the window. And really stinks. Now, does that technically qualify as a caveman? Like she, she made it to the ground. I believe she passed later. Is that yeah, yeah? yeah. yeah. But, they, but being sucked out of an airplane, does that qualify as a caveman death? Were there airplanes among cavemen, Sean? No, but you're essentially just falling. Right? Wrong fall. Yeah, I don't think it would. Uh, how's mailbag look? Oh, it's fine. It's good. Uh, a little advice, a little consent, a little dissent, a little something for everybody. Yeah, and the, the news that our CIA director met with little fathead in North Korea is amazing. So it looks like Trump and him are actually going to meet. All that on the way in the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Friday, with a heart made full of friends. 
so Trump has tweeted about Stormy Daniels' release of that sketch. Sketch of the man who supposedly oh. threatened her and her child. Right. 2011 Tom Brady. <laughs> so uh, we'll get into that later. Oh, good. Excellent. I'm not quite ready. Jack, can you fill for a minute? Stretch. I'm giving him the, the stretch sign for show business. Yeah, well, I could hit you with that right now. Yeah, well, ahead. that tweet was three hours ago. He's uh, done two other tweets since then. Really? Mm-hmm. God, you just, it takes everything you, you got to keep up. Trump accused porn star Stormy Daniels of a con job. Quote, mm. quote in his tweet. con job. Yes, con job. Uh, a sketch years later about a non-existent man, a total con job, playing the fake news media for fools. But they know it, Trump said in his tweet this morning. That is the interesting part of it. I'm telling you, I think the Trump would be a lot more skeptical if the politics were reversed on this. <laughs> of her uh, showing up now with a drawing. Michelangelo, a, uh, an alert. I will be playing some audio in a moment or two. Mailbag! Hmm. I like to start each day with a freedom-loving quote of the day, but I forgot to get one. So instead, sent along by John, a libertarian joke of the day instead. <laughs> Knock, knock. Get a warrant. Hey, now. There you go. Moving along, it's your despotism-loving quote of the day sent along by Jeremy from Eagle, Idaho. Uh, Nice little note. Today's despotism-loving quote of the day is from Pol Pot, the unspeakably brutal and murderous dictator of Cambodia for a time. Better to kill an innocent by mistake than spare an enemy by mistake. Wow. Not a merciful full of hello. That's an interesting way to look at the world. <clears throat> hello, boys, writes uh, Tim. I cannot believe how neocon bigoted fascists you've become. After what Jack said today, I've learned how you are just pandering to liberals. You're both much too liberal now. I'll miss your humor, but I won't be listening because you two neocons are about as liberal as someone who's really liberal. ha. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Keep doing what you're doing. You guys are awesome. Thanks, Tim. That's funny. That's in response to the uh, entire Henderson family, which vowed they would never listen again because we have become liberals or something, which is an extraordinary claim. I have a feeling it's a a criticism of the president. That's the only thing I can imagine would uh, justify such a jibe. Well, this is disappointing to me. Apparently, uh, according to Sam, I missed National Haiku Day. Actually, first, he says, every week and almost every day, Jack predicts World War III. Last week, it was because of attacking Syria. This week, it's because of Israel and Iran. Three months ago, North Korea. Is he a prepper who wants to make sure his stockpiles are not wasted? He needs to be held accountable for his constant predictions. Absolutely. Well, I don't believe I've ever predicted World War III. I just uh, have said many times this could be the beginning of World War III. I see. I've never said this is going to be the beginning of World War III. It just bothers me how little attention these things get. Hmm. As Tom Friedman has written in the New York Times, this is unprecedented. Israel and Iran actually attacking each other. Buckle your seatbelts. That gets no news in a Stormy Daniels world. We have a large-breasted pornography star arguing with the president in the press. Jack, pay attention. At any rate, I miss National Haiku Day, which shocks and horrifies me, since I so enjoy the gentle Japanese form of the haiku. The five syllables, the seven, then the five. The rhythm, the balance. Although I do have one complaint. Sam, don't write a haiku for us to read that has an obscenity in it. Don't make me rewrite your stuff for the air, people. Happens all the time. Yeah, your emails are funnier with the obscenities in, but 
<clears throat> Don't make me rewrite them. I'm a busy man. At any rate, here is the haiku. Joe missed haiku day because Baxter has the poops. Trumpestuous times. Mm. The Japanese aren't of the haiku, everybody. What a stupid art form. <laughs> five, seven, five. The math checked out. That was really good. That, uh, that's, that's, that's borderline racist, Jack. As if Japan is a race. All right, here we go. Restraints come creativity. Really? (laughs) Did you make that up, or is that a thing? No, I think that's kind of a thing. (laughs) That was like Twitter's original appeal, too, right? Like, how clever can you get in 140 characters? Exactly. And yet Jack poo-poos the haiku. Hmm? Well, it's just dumb. That's why. Well, this is going to be controversial. Uh, There is no one more beloved uh, to the Armstrong and Getty show than uh, the fabulous Christina Sandifer of the Goldwater Institute, wife of the fabulous Tim Sandifer. I love Christina Sandifer, writes Faggity Dana, and I know you do too. I won't be surprised if you don't play this. But I couldn't help but notice in this particular section of your discussion today, when Christina enunciated extra clearly for just a few words, she sounded a little like an old friend. Why don't we listen to Christina, then the old friend? Michael, if you could cue me up. The fabulous Christina. Everyday people have to show to the government why they should be free to work without permission. And and how about this? So excuse me for using my phone (laughs) in USA, United States of America, where you are free to text in a theater. Mm. And it's a similar case. People have to show to the government why they should be free to work without permission. And wow. Separated at birth. (laughs) That's good. <laughs> Dana, you have a keen ear. A keen ear. Let let the record show this is gentle and affectionate ribbing toward the fabulous Christina. Boy, this is good. Mike in beautiful Roseville, California writes, Hey, Rocket and OSJ. Jay, I thought you might enjoy a very brief blog post I wrote. Oh, he's a blogger. In observation of uh, tax day, the opposite of Independence Day. I believe the real message spoken to taxpaying people by the government is this. Give us as much of your money as we say. We'll use it for whatever we want, whether or not we've promised to use it for something else. You have no recourse, and we have no accountability. If you refuse to roll over and be complicit in this theft, we'll lock you in a cage. Remember that we own your liberty, economic or otherwise. Don't think for a second you could survive without us. There you go. The message of... Modern government and taxation. No. I think that's well put. Yeah, but we could vote in different people. Who and cared. what would they do? Hey, who cares? Well, I think. Oh, we, oh I, okay. I'm sorry. I Go think ahead. you could vote in a crowd that cares. We just, just the, the public doesn't care enough to make that an issue. You got that combined with the two big parties, which are completely in agreement with Mike's description, managed to scare you to death. That any other philosophy might come into the government, any other sort of point of view or party, they, they've convinced you that, oh, that would be a nightmare. There would be lion attacks on the streets and fire falling from the sky, or rapine, starvation. Oh, no. So we continue to put up with the crap and the oppression. Well said, Mike. Uh, what time is that? Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. That's nice. Oh. Progressive taxation response. In today's show, you gave a nice overview of the results of our progressive tax system. 
To recap, the top 1% of taxpayers get 20% of the income and pay 40% of all taxes. The bottom 50% of taxpayers get 13% of the income, pay only 3% of the taxes. The American Revolution was kicked off by the demand of no taxation without representation. Why not demand the reciprocal? No representation without taxation. If we're to demand that we cannot be taxed without having a due amount of representation, why can't we? Well, he just explains it, Mm -hmm. which he already explained. Sure, the details would be a biatch to work out. What amount of taxation incurs representation? Anything more than zero, etc.? But the conversation is certainly worth having. If you're not paying taxes, you get to go vote for uh, for how you want other people's money handed to you and what amounts to. Yeah, exactly. K-E-T-I-C-C. Keep enjoying that imag- imaginary choo-choo. Thank you for the note. And finally this. Kayla, when I was growing up in California, my dad drove me to school most mornings. I'd roll my eyes every morning as I got into a truck and he turned on your show, his truck. I usually looked at him like he was a crazy person every time he cracked up over your jokes and segments. I'm now 23 years old, living in Tennessee. We already have a national show. And haven't been forced to listen to your show for several years. But I downloaded a podcast in one of your shows. Listened to it on my 45-minute commute this morning. Cracked up the entire time. Does this mean I'm officially an adult right now? No, it means you are a bad kid. Disrespectful and disobedient. Rolling your eyes at your father who gave you life. Definitely plan to keep up with you during the commute from now on. I guess my dad wasn't so crazy all those mornings after all. You call him young lady and you tell him that. That's nice. Bringing the generations together. So we have an update on George Stephanopoulos' wife. Remember, we brought you the story yesterday that uh, his wife has got a book coming out in which she talks about how often they have sex. Mm. She said when she tells her friends, she loses friendships over this. Wow. Anyway, his, Maybe they just want her to shut up about her sex life. But... His wife was sort of Jenny McCarthy wacky sexy back in the day, and she's a dancer slash cast member on In Living Color. Yeah, she was originally a fly girl. She played. Oh, yeah. uh, she she did an episode of Seinfeld where she was Jerry's girlfriend, and he didn't date a lot of ugly chicks on that show. Right. Mm. Stephanopoulos married a fly girl from In Living Color. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. Well done, George. <laughs> well Marshall's, done. Marshall's news on the way. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Don't let the sound of your was former FBI Director James Comey on Stephen Colbert last night. We've got a little of that a little bit later. Catching up on the news of the day. How about we get to it with Marsha Phillips? Boy, I tell you, major breakthrough. President Donald Trump confirming his CIA director met with Kim Jong-un in North Korea last week in anticipation of their potential summit. Trump tweeting this morning, Mike Pompeo met with Kim Jong-un in North Korea. Meeting went very smoothly and a good relationship was formed. Details of the summit are being worked out now. Denuclearization will be a great thing for the world, but also for North Korea. End of tweet. I'm all for this because I don't see a downside, really. Um, But it's just hard to imagine why North Korea would all of a sudden decide, you know what, we don't want to be a nuclear power. It's the only thing we've cared about for 40 years, but you know what, you're right. We don't want to. I mean, what, what... Promise us you won't invade. You promise? Yeah, it's hard to believe. Unless the Chinese actually just told him, look, the only reason you and your father existed was us helping you and we're done. That could do it, I suppose. Well, we'll be chatting with Michael Auslan, who's a military historian and contemporary conflict working group member. He's an expert on Asia, North Korea, and the rest of it at about 7.04. Okay, he's the person to ask that question. What possible motive would North Korea 
Korea have to go along with this? Well, remember, North Korea is saying, yeah, we'll denuclearize the uh, the peninsula, including American nukes and the American threat of nukes and, and the rest of it. Plus, you got to get your troops out. Who knows what they'll ask for? Mm-hmm. Washington Post first reported Pompeo's trip to the north took place over Easter weekend, soon after Pompeo had been nominated to be the new Secretary of State. It's quite the first gig. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that uh, that situation is ongoing. And Donald Trump, by the way, has given his blessing for North and South Korea to discuss the official end of the Korean War at their summit next week. You know, I was interested to hear Jack talking about how Pompeo's chances are looking a little iffy. Yeah. He's a little iffy. Um, but if he, you know, he comes back with this uh, laurel and uh, this feather in yeah. his cap, and if things progress and they're looking good and he manages it well, how do you turn a guy down? It's a hell of an audition. Mm-hmm. A New Mexico woman is dead after an engine on a Southwest Airlines plane exploded on a flight yesterday. 43-year-old Jennifer Reardon was pulled partway out of a window that was shattered by shrapnel from that engine when it blew apart. That is not good. Several passengers worked to pull her back into the plane. They got her back in. She was taken to the hospital in critical condition. She died later on at the hospital. That explosion happened just 20 minutes into the flight from New York to Dallas. Passengers like Peggy Phillips were understandably terrified. Basically, I think all of us thought... This might be it. You know, we just didn't know. It was just too, it happened so fast. And this man was thinking. I had to figure out what loved ones I was going to reach out to and in what order. And mm. and, and what do I tell them? And what enemies? You got to figure out which enemies you want to text. I will right. haunt you. <laughs> On your way down. No, that's, uh, you know, it's, I would think it's over when that happens. Yeah. Sure. Terrifying. Uh, Absolutely. But, you know, it's funny. I watched uh, report after report after report on that yesterday and, and went to the trouble of looking up. Yesterday, there were, if it was an average day, 3,287 traffic deaths in America. That will get no coverage whatsoever. A person died on an airplane. First one in the U.S. in quite a long right. time. How many traffic deaths? 3,287. It can't be that many. Ah, uh, whoop. Is that, uh, wait a minute. Hang on now. Because we have 30,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, is that uh, around the world? Wait a second. Sorry. Most recent reveals that there were... Uh, it's just a, oh, that's death's total. You know what? I was so, I was so good. I, the, the presentation was great. The facts were completely... Uh, well, I'll go with 33,000 because that's roughly yeah. right. Divided by 365 is 90%. 90. 90, exactly my point. Well, it's, the point <laughs> remains. 90 yes. is the new 3,287. 90 is a lot. Yes. A ni- 90 people yeah. died in their cars yesterday. Nothing. Nothing. Somebody dies in a plane, and it's, you know, all-day coverage. That is weird the way we look at it. It's... Well, and then why the, is all of that? Is it because we have no control over the flying? We feel like we have some control over our driving? Well, yes, that's part of it. That is part of it. Plus, it's just it's inherently more terrifying to be way up in the sky and fall out of it right. than the prospect of another vehicle careening without warning into yours and suddenly you're gone. Right. It's just it's a different it's a different phenomenon. But there are also a couple of things. Number one, the bias that they call probability neglect, our inability to grasp properly uh, the sense of peril and risk of various activities and the second thing is the news bias in favor of the notable the exceptional exception bias 
which is the very thing that is least likely gets the most attention on the news, making us believe it's very likely. Shark attacks, etc. Right, exactly. Yeah. Starbucks is going to be closing more than 8,000 company-owned stores. This in... is an amazing story. We're going to try to get a guest on about this later. In Go on. the afternoon on May the 29th for racial bias education. Starbucks is closing all of their stores yep. for racial bias training, which nobody has any idea what that would be or what that would look like. Because of some incident in Philadelphia where a couple of black fellas were waiting for a friend and got tossed out. We can tell you more about that and later. And then those employees may very well have been, uh, they might be full-on prejudice. I have no idea, but... Closing all 8,000 stores. What are you going to tell these employees? Well, did you do you have the figure on what it's going to cost Starbucks, Marshall? I do not have that figure. Oh, that's, no. uh, somebody get that real quick. What yeah. will it cost Starbucks to close for an afternoon? Cause I Why heard don't it's you a... just make up a number like you did with the traffic? <laughs> <there>. $145 <laughs> million, dollars, Jack, per minute. No, it's, it's, an, it's a mind-boggling sum sure of money. And I can save you the trouble. Look, if you're about to do something and, uh, like, toss somebody out and it's a black guy, Say to yourself, would I do the same thing if it's a white guy? No. Then think about it yeah. for about 10 seconds. There, your training's over. Get back to well, work, you slackers. That would be good reality, but I think uh, what's going to happen because of lawyers is don't ever kick anybody out who's not a white right. male, a straight white male ever. Well, see, that's the problem. The training may well be don't make black people angry. That's it. What did you say, Hanson? No, so the I've got the Starbucks locations will close for only part of the afternoon. Market Watch has calculated that locations could lose about twenty percent of their daily revenue, totaling about twelve million dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah, yep, yep. Per second, former First Lady <laughs> Barbara Bush passed away at the age of ninety-two. She uh, died uh, last night with her husband, uh, former uh, President George H. W. Bush, by her side. Barbara was known pretty much for being witty and very outspoken. She brought down the house when she gave the commencement speech. At Wellesley College in 1990. Who knows? Somewhere out in this audience may even be someone who will one day follow in my footsteps and preside over the White House as the president's spouse. And I wish him well. I get it. Because there's a girl president. I get it. (laughs) And the crowd goes wild. That's what we call an applause line in the business. I realize I'm always the flatulence in the elevator on these stories. (laughs) And she seemed like a very, very nice person. I got nothing against her personally, but I don't like any sort of royal family-like coverage of these things. That's not what we're supposed to be about, and that's what it felt like to me a lot yesterday. I appreciate you sounding that note. It's a good point. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty show, The Conscience of the Nation. That is a bald eagle right there. Hmm? It's a bird. Now all of a sudden he's a stickler. Right, exactly. Now he's a falconer, apparently. I'm willing to let it go until you put a fine point on it. I am a stickler for accuracy. Among other things. Yeah, so that Starbucks thing's an interesting story. Um, we are going to talk to an expert about what what's in it for North Korea to all of a sudden say, you know what, you're right, we shouldn't have nukes. What? I wonder. Your China theory is a good one. Plus, it's said that the regime is truly on the edge of bankruptcy. And if you're a dictator, you've got to be able to bribe your supporters. It's essential to your survival. And hey, is that grandmother in Texas, the murderous grandmother, still on the run? Do you know this story? Bad granny. Look out. 
Yeah, it's it's something. We should bring you the details. Yeah, the one with the gambling habit, right? Moving cross country. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. The whole story is pretty course, amazing. She, I mean, I've known forty-year-old grandmothers. I've known thirty-six-year-old grandmothers. Uh, is she uh, is she like a granny granny or she's merely got, the mother of a woman who is in turn given birth? She's got a nickname. I'm trying to find it. I'll have that for you coming up. Um, yeah, no, she uh, she killed her husband and a lookalike. She yeah. tried. She tried to. She she met somebody who looked like her in a bar, then killed the woman and tried to take her identity. That's part of the story. The early the bird w- killer. The, the early bird killer. And she she looks just like as you know. Yep. You wouldn't be scared of this person on any level if you saw her. She killed her husband. And a lookalike of her that she met at a bar, right? What the hell? Stay tuned. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What's with the live yeah. Van Halen? Just for fun? Cool. Yeah, I guess just for fun. Where do you shake it up, Rob? I know this is your favorite V8 song, but uh, glad to hear a new version of it. There's a new Jimi Hendrix album out, which is amazing since he's been dead for almost 50 years. Yeah. But um, well, it just goes to show you never quit. Play no, one of, even after are you've been different dead, recordings of known songs, or are they new songs? He, unlike a lot of your artists where they just <laughs> give you crap, Actually, had some pretty decent songs that they just never released for whatever wow. reason. I guess because he died so young. Um, yeah, or he didn't think they were quite ready or wanted to do another take or who knows what. The, the, or the, he just recorded all the time. The three albums his wife has been involved with the last couple of years has been a couple of great songs. Like, really good, fully full-on good. These are great Jimi Hendrix songs on each album. And the, the rest last of, one was terrific. The rest of the songs are a little iffy. But oh, it's just okay. But yeah. A couple of good songs, probably. Anyway. Stephen Stills sings a couple of songs on this new album. Really? Yeah. Oh, how interesting. Um, so, Losing Streak Lois, that's who they're looking for in Texas. This is not a funny story at all. She's a cold, calculated murderer, but that's what she looks like. She does not look like somebody who would scare you if she approached you. She's wow. A, she's a grandmother from Minnesota. Losing Streak Lois, because she's got a gambling habit and apparently got pretty upside down gambling, somehow thought killing her husband would help. She did that many weeks ago. She's a, a blonde-haired, zoftig, uh, not unattractive 55-year-old woman or so, right? Is that, uh, Do we know? I'm just trying to paint a picture for the folks. You just looked at her? You, yeah. Your description is fine? Yeah. Um, uh, she's 56 years old, but she killed her husband. Then she went down to Florida, and many weeks later, because I've been trying to find out who killed her husband and all that sort of stuff, um, she found somebody who looked like her in a bar. There's videotape of her yucking it up with this woman after she approached her. They sat and had drinks. Somehow she got this woman outside and killed her. And tried <sighs> For what? To try to take her identity because <sighs> she killed her husband. She was going to take somebody else's identity. She's on the lamb. Yeah. But uh, she's a. She, they're looking for her in Texas now. Um, this is, you know, proof that if you have contemplated a life of crime, that is proof you don't have enough brains to carry off a life of crime. It's the Getty paradox. Lady, taking the identity of a woman you just murdered isn't going to work because mm-hmm. she's going to come up as a murder victim everywhere you go. Yeah, there's, you freaking moron. There's all kinds of problems with it. 
as a strategy. Wow. Wow. So they're hunting her, huh? Yeah. Looking for her, coast to coast. And as the uh, U.S. Marshals have said, she's a cold, calculating killer. Don't go by her looks. She is, she'd kill anybody. You know, and it's interesting. You, you, she is every bit as dangerous as some hard-looking tattoos on his neck, been in prison his whole life, gangsta out on the loose who's killed a couple people. She's every bit as dangerous. She'd kill anybody, it would seem. Yeah, just different set of triggers, I think. She's looks What would get you in yeah. trouble. Uh, yeah, wow, wow. That's crazy. Keep your eyes open. Jack, she's not on the list of the world's most admired women. Coming up, we're going to talk to an expert about Asia. Uh, The CIA director met with Fathead in North Korea, and it looks like Trump is going to, and we're trying to figure out what's going on there. Yeah, actually sat down with Kim Jong-un. How interesting. Uh, So your world's most admired men and women, I don't know why they divided it, men and women. Why not just make most admired people? It's interesting. Would there not be enough women on the list? I'm just... I don't know. Just saying. Um, Would the list be way skewed toward men and they'd be unhappy with that result? I don't know that. Uh, Looking at just the results here, presuming I understand the methodology, and I think I do, no, the women would would do fine. But they asked, uh, you know, thousands of people worldwide, do you admire any of these people? And uh, the number one vote getter was a feller. It was Bill Gates. Great Microsoft pioneer and philanthropist. He's he's helped save many lives around the world. I admire what he does. Who do I admire? Hmm. I'd have to think about it for a while. Uh, Barack Obama, number two. Obama! No, that's right, Hank. Number two around the world. Just behind Bill Gates. How about that? Then you got to flip over to the gals. The number one most admired woman, Angelina Jolie. What? Well, she's got fulsome lips and an ample bosom, Jack, and has done a lot of charitable work. Where's a vial of blood around her neck? Um, she's gotten rid of it. That was a phase. That's a bad when look. she was dating Billy Bob Thornton for some reason. Because <laughs> he's a creative genius and crazy as a hoot owl. Uh, number two most admired woman and apparently number four most admired person on earth for some reason is Michelle Obama. Okay. And then Oprah Winfrey. Right behind her. Then Queen Elizabeth II. I'm beginning to think this list is stupid. <laughs> Lay off my way. And then, getting back to the fellas, ranked number three among people with penises, Jackie Chan. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> number three. This is, this is degenerating quickly. <laughs> who's up one rank. Guess who he flipped places with? Xi Jinping. The dictator of China. So Jackie Chan and she are kind of, well, that's what she said. Uh, are is just that a, a, they all look alike? Or, I mean, what is going on there? I don't, I have no idea. Sounds like racism. By the by, Vladimir Putin comes in at number six, Donald Trump number 17. So the kleptocrat murderous dictator of Russia is the number six most admired man on this list. Uh, he only two slots behind the murderous uh, dictator Xi Jinping. This is the last time we will ever mention this list. <laughs> Fine with me. How ridiculous. Elizabeth Warren, number 20 among the women, by the way. So we've talked about this a lot. I'm not- sorry, she's 10 behind Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry, go on. We've talked about this a lot. Not surprising, 56% of people are concerned that their uh, various digital assistants are listening to their conversations and or recording them. So, majority of people concerned about that. Good. They are listening to you. There's no doubt about that. 
So they kept it completely secret. Mike Pompeo meeting with Kim Jong-un himself, man-to-man. John about the issues, getting ready for the summit. He just got back. We'll talk to an Asia expert about it. Yeah. Good job in keeping that a secret in the uh, quite leaky Trump White House. Uh-huh. That's a good one. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hannah Storm and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.